you are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. And thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live from the executive offices of DeSantis Consulting and Associates. I'm your old pal, Sanders. And I'm your good buddy, Liv. And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 68, the Broadway Bound edition, alternatively titled, You Can't Go Home Again. (laughs) And if you're keeping score in, (laughs) in Jersey... Sanders isn't happy with the air conditioning settings. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the sheriff is back in town. <laughs> yeah. So my dad, my dad's back in town. He um, he's been spending uh, two or three weeks in India and then coming home for two weeks and going back and forth on this project. Uh, he retired that's a couple years ago. And uh, has been doing a bunch of consulting, and it's a high-level um, engineering consulting firm that he started. Does a lot of work with like the FDA and the Food and Drug Administration, all that kind of stuff. So he got this job uh, as a consultant on a project in India, but he absolutely hates it. <laughs> he doesn't like the company he works for. He doesn't like India. He doesn't like the doesn't travel. Like India. He doesn't like. Um, uh, being away from home, but he's just he's doing it and to keep sucks. active. Takes sixteen hours or whatever to get over there. Yeah, 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 and he feels every bit of it because when he comes home, he's jet lagged for days. So um, one of the benefits of of having me around, is at least at least this is what I tell them, <laughs> is I can kind of hold down the fort in terms of uh, chores, um, you know. Household duties, lawn work, stuff like that. So that kind of gives him, um, let's say, the, the mental. Uh, it, it 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 it's an easier transition. Yeah. When he go when he does go back and forth because he's not stressed about all the stuff that's going to be going on around here. Excuse me. But when he does come home. Uh, or when he does leave, he, he just hates the physical travel part of it. So it takes him a while to get adjusted. And uh, since he's been back for some reason, he's been hyper-focused on the air temperature of the house. Now, it's only Memorial Day, and I don't know if he has a mental calendar that says, you know, we run the AC from July 4th to Labor Day or whatever it is, but... Uh, That's how my parents were. They would have these rules. I was like, but it's fucking hot as hell. You can't be refusing to put on the AC until a certain time when it's hot as hell. (laughs) I think that's what it is. It might be a generational thing because the pool needs to be open on Memorial Day and it needs to close on Labor Day. There are no exceptions. Really? Yeah, even if it's a hot, even if it looks like it's going to be hot for another week after Labor Day. That's right. Labor Day is not the unofficial, it is the official end to summer in the DeSantis household. So that gets close. So I never noticed it before, but AC must be on one of those um, generic time clocks. And But after being in India, 72, whoever he likes to set it at, must feel like 50. 
I think that might be what it is because uh, my mom had said to him, and, and, and this is strange because she usually takes control over those elements and calls the shots when it comes to house temperature, uh, things like that. Uh, he said, if you're hot, <laughs> she said, I'm, I'm kind of hot. And he said, if you're hot, go stand outside for 10 minutes. <laughs> Come back in, and then you'll be cool. <laughs> Which is, I think that's that the, that's sage advice. Yeah, but I don't know if I would be. Just remember how sucky it is outside, and this yeah. will relatively feel a lot better. Exactly. So, um, in order to uh, in order to to get myself to have my temperature regulated, I turn the AC down. Is that the proper terminology? I turned it down. I, you know what's funny about that? Go ahead. The way you're saying, I know what you're saying. You're saying what you what what you really mean that you turn down, you put the temperature lower. Correct. But today we were in a meeting, and you know we were doing a little closing, and Jacob's like, "Oh, is the temperature? Is the AC on here? Turn up the AC." And told the I told the secretary girl, "Yeah, yeah, go." Uh, Change it actually. Tur- I was like, put it down, you know, because <laughs> people right, right. say turn it up, which means get it cooler. But what they really have to do is you have to put it down to get it to get right. it up. <laughs> right. So I turned it down to get a little cool. Um, and I'm in the back part of the house where my dad's offices are, and um, it was definitely cooling down. But by the time that you had logged on, you would correctly pointed out that i sounded like i was in a air force hangar and that sure enough that's what it was so now we're at a balmy 74 degrees in order to counteract the internal temperature of the house so the ac doesn't come on um it's a big house i think it'll stay cool for a while so um, yeah i think i think we won't have any problems so we either have until i start sweating through my shirt or the ac comes back on that's how we'll know when it's time to uh to end this podcast <laughs> um but happy memorial day buddy yeah um, happy memorial day i didn't been as, i worked as all you, day on memorial day you did yeah i had a mediation on tuesday and you know you just can't blow that shit off you guys sit there and have all your stuff prepared even though it didn't even matter. I didn't even use all the stuff, but we settled the damn case. Thank God. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, benefit of mediation, as I can attest to. Yeah. Well, the, these things, this is um, Longshore Workers Comp. Longshore okay. and Harbor Workers Comp, because the guy wasn't a longshoreman, but it, the act, is we call it Longshore. But he was he worked for a shipyard, you know, and he got injured. It's a federal act, you know, but you go in front of administrative law judges, but... Luckily, you can mediate, and one of the um, one of the ALJs will mediate it for you. You know, Ministry of Law judges. Yep. So you go, and he pretty much he he's got like a ninety five percent success rate. This one guy, so he's pretty good. So, and the thing was, the case that the judge was going to be in front of, we didn't have a. Um, I didn't think we had the strongest case in the world, and. Uh, because the, one of these guys is real conservative, which kind of sucks because the whole intent of the law is to take care of workers. So it sucks that they'll have these judges because they're a lot, you know, former JAG and stuff like that. 
military guys who get appointed because it's government stuff. Yep. And it kind of sucks because technically these judges shouldn't be siding with the employer because the whole act is to protect guys against the damn employer. You know? Right. But uh, but this guy had had some credibility problems. I think I might I might have told you about this like a year ago. Well, not a year ago, but like eight months ago now when we had his deposition, which came out at the deposition. I had never even heard this from my client before. Uh, in the depot, the other attorney, he's a guy who we always deal with on these cases, but this is the first one I was doing on my own. His name's this guy, Frank, and he's fr- he's an attorney, but he's originally from New York. Yes, the, I know. Yeah, 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 okay. I know Frank. I don't know if I know about this case, yeah. but go yeah. ahead. Yeah, and he's, he's very like, uh, he always looks like Jared Fogle. Like, he looks like such a square, you know. I mean, he's Episcopalian. There you go right there. That, <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a really, he's a really cool guy, actually. You know, he's got, he, you know, like with his sense of humor surprises you because he looks like he's just going to be a square. He's got the glasses and everything, and he just says stuff. Uh, so he's, he didn't say this is a joke. This is just in the deposition. He asked my client, he's like, have you ever been convicted of any crimes? And my client's like, yes. And he's like, well, what were you convicted of? And he, my client tells him attempted murder. This is all news <laughs> to me. <laughs> You know, and uh, he, so he says what happened, you know, and, and Frank asked him. He, the next question, I, I just thought about it because I was reading the deposition Monday, getting prepared for this mediation, you know? Right. And, <laughs> and it's the on the deposition transcript, Q, you know, uh, who'd you try to kill? <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the best question ever. <laughs> Who did you try to kill? <laughs> it's just so deadpans and whatever, you know. <laughs> you go in there, you don't expect to be uh, having a guy question about who he tried to kill. <laughs> right. In a workman's comp deposition, nonetheless. Yes. Yes, like, and so, like, mm, all the other problems in this case, I, I turn, you know, because the way it works, you're in a room and the judge, you know, first you get in a room with the other lawyers and the judge, you know, just in a conference room. It's, it was, it was Bill, who's my big boss. Cause this was the first one I was doing. So he's like, I'll, I'll handle it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Cause he loves doing that <laughs> shit anyway. Right, so I'm like, right. fine. Okay. That's fine. So I go there with him and, and the client and then it's the lawyer and the two guys who are like ones from the shipyards company, you know, uh, and the others from their adjuster, which is basically an insurance company owned by the shipyard. Okay. You know? And, uh, and then the judge and you make your statements and then, and then those guys go into a separate room and then basically you sit there, you talk with the judge and he goes to their room, comes back, you know, keeps on going, you know? For like two hours, it goes on until we reached a a uh, a number, and now I don't really know where I was going with this. But <laughs> 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 oh, but so it's getting like Bill thinks we're gonna get a certain number out of him. 
because it's like these guys always give up this number, you know? That's right. as much as we know they have authority to go. Well, one of the problems is one of the shipyards that was down here in the New Orleans area has been, you know, it, they've announced that it was shutting down for good like years ago, but it takes a long time to to like wind down the business, you know, because they have contracts of, you know, military contracts and stuff, you know, right. they got to finish up, but they're, but they're trying to get to the point where they're just completely wrapping up and winding down the business. So they did this big audit, which put a wrench in our, uh, in the operation because we were supposed to settle this thing a few months ago, but we had to wait because Newport news were at the headquarters they were like, no, no, we're putting audit. So it turned out that that was probably why we weren't going to get the money that we thought because, you know, they're like, we just can't give out 150 for everything, you know? Right. So that's what these guys are doing. But I turned the bill at one point where we're getting near the end and we have to start thinking about, well, we better just accept something, you know? For one, I didn't want to go try this case. Uh, and, and Bill was heading to Europe today, you know? <laughs> The wheels are just as grind to a halt when yeah. Bill gets his passport out. <laughs> <laughs> he never goes on vacations either. He's going to be annoying the pay- he's going to be annoying the fuck out of us for the next three weeks. It's right. when he's away, it's even worse than when he's there because he thinks he's got to do more shit. You know, right? Like he was set up a Skype account and everything so that he could Skype with um with the office. But uh, I turn on because Bill had realized all the problems with his case. I was like, another thing, Bill, you might want to know, uh, Nick, how, <laughs> the guy right here, the client. I was like, by the way, he also has an attempted murder conviction. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently is known by everybody except our firm, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, because it's something that's really not relevant. Right. You know, because right, right, it right. happened 20 years ago. Technically, it shouldn't have any bearing. It's not like that won't come out, you know, right. if they right. get him up on the stand, you know, and it just, and he's also got a conviction for like misdemeanor theft, which is even, which might even be worse than the murder one. Cause that means he's, he's dishonest. Yeah. You know, the attempt to murder his story was a guy was trying to hold him up. So he shot him, you know, it was a drug addict in his neighborhood. And, and that makes sense to me. Cause I knew the guy grew up in a shitty neighborhood. You know, I knew where he grew up. Right. You know, that that makes sense to me. But the theft one, you know, especially you get one of these former military guys or whatever, he's gonna be like, Fuck that guy, he's a thief. You know? Right, no bad acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we reached a point where it's like, All right, we'll take that and we you know, you sit there, you beat the client up a little bit, you know? You're like, Okay, we could take this or we can hold out and maybe we'll get another five grand but you're looking at it, it's going to be maybe six months best before you even know what the judge says, which is true. Yeah, right. Know, because if we went to trial, the trial would have been, the hearing would have been at the end of June. Then the way it works is you got to brief the case to the judge. Then you get a chance to reply to the other party's brief. Then, you know, that goes on for at least a month and a half, you know, maybe even, lo- that goes on probably two months because... The judge will be like, briefs are due in 30 days, you know? So then you do your brief, then you have 15 days to respond to their brief, you know? I was like, it goes on forever, and then it takes a while before they make a decision. It's like, 
would you rather have that five grand in six months or have what you have today? Right. You know, and of course the guy wants what he has today. It's like because he's always desperate for money. <laughs> no, it's true. He keeps he kept trying to hit me up for loan. I was like, dude, I don't. I'm not the guy to be getting loans from, and and Bill's not giving you a loan because this is the thing. You know, like like when he first came in, he wanted to get one of like those JG Wentworth loans. That's like. Uh... When they give you an advance on a potential settlement? Yes. You know, this commercial is called J.G. Wentworth. I need cash now. <laughs> but that Longshore, they won't do that because the way Longshore works, like now we have an agreement. What's going to happen is they're going to do this 8I. <coughs> you know, it's from the Longshore Act, the section of the Act, 8I, you know, an application, the 8I application settlement, you know. And they're going to mail him the money directly. Like, when it's like a car crash, they can do that because we get the money. So those J.G. Wentworth people or whatever companies that do that, they can get the money from the lawyer. But they're not going to do it with a long-short case because they can't get it from – there's no guarantee they're getting paid back from, from the claimant, you know, because the check goes directly to him, you know. And he doesn't right. have a bar association or anything holding him over to make sure he friggin' enforces liens against against stuff, you know? Right. So so he did try to do the JG Wentworth thing, but he kept trying to hit Bill up for loans and Bill lent them four hundred back around Christmas, but afterwards and I'm like, dude, do you understand? If he gives you a Don, there's a chance he'll never see that money back and he's not doing that. Right. Yeah. So, but it's good. It was settled. Thank God, because, uh, I mean, I'll have to talk to the client a few more times, but he got it, gets on my fucking nerves. <laughs> reminds me of, um, what's that guy? JB Smoove. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's All like right. six foot three, six foot four, skinny dude, always talking smack. <laughs> And that's another thing. Like we're in the uh, the judge is there. This is I think this is when the other lawyer, then the lawyer and the other parties out of the room. Fortunately, you know he's like, well, can you do this? You know, he's like, well, you know, it just hurts to do stuff. And my client's sitting there. He's dressed. He doesn't have a cane or anything. Usually these guys have canes, <laughs> and the, you know, which it kills me. You know, but the right. judge's like, you look fine now. <laughs> you know? He's not working at all. <laughs> I mean, he does. I know the guy could probably do something. I'm sure. I right. mean, he, has to do so, he probably. I I will say it probably would be difficult for him to do the job he had before. Right. You know, because he's got a fucked up neck. Yeah, he doesn't have a cane, but he was a welder in ships. You know, that shit's hard to do when you're kind of jacked up. Yeah. You know, but uh, but we're telling him, you got to go get a job, dude. You got to do something. You can't just spend all this money. You know. But 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 he will because they always do. They always do. They get the lump sum and they friggin' fritter it away. You know. How long before uh, that gets processed? Uh, it'll probably be. I mean, they got to do the eight I. Then they got to send it to us, and we got to look at it, and make sure it's not screwed up. Um, and then if it's not screwed up, we can just have him sign it, send it to them. They got to forward it on to the ALJ to make sure he approves it and they'll send it back to it. And then 
once it's approved and it goes to the district director at the Office of Workers' Compensation Programs for the local district, the New Orleans district, then they'll disperse a check to the guy. So, you know, optimistically, 30 days. So he, he gets the award on Memorial Day. It'll be gone by Labor Day. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, like Bill's telling him, why don't you think about buying a cab or something, you know? Because it's something. Like something where you can make some money and just, you know, like you got to do right. something. Like the guy is only... The guy turns, I think, 43 this year. I think he's 72. What, you know how young that is? You know, normally, like Bill was telling them, it's true. Usually when we're handling cases for these guys, unless they're so jacked up that they really need it, generally you're handling cases for guys that get injured, but they're like 55 or something. You know, they've put in a lot of times like 30 years or so out there. Right. And they're looking, you know, they're old. You know, they're not technically retirement age, but they've put in a good bit of work and they're ready just to get a little bonus and finish out their days, which is fair. You right. know, because a lot of that shit's fucking tough work that they do, you know? And then and the and the employers are usually kind of shitty. They're never gonna really claim your your hurt. No matter you could walk out of there freaking carrying carrying your arm in another arm, you know, like, <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, and they'll find a doctor that says you're fine. You can do something. You know? Right. <laughs> right. We have plenty of left-handed monkey wrenches. Yes. <laughs> Get to work. But like, that was the problem. His case is like, we might have a problem settling because he's so damn young, you know, because you, you use those actuarial tables. Right. You know, it's like, the dude's friggin', the dude's four years older than me, you know? It, like you're gonna have to work again, right? Right. Yeah. How do um, how do workman uh, workman comp cases work on contingency? No, no. See, well, work state workers comp is contingency. It's like twenty percent, you know, which sucks. Right. State workers comp sucks <laughs> anyway. Especially Louisiana state workers comp sucks. Longshore works by hourly rate, but it's based on the the customary rate for where you are in the experience of the attorney you know so like i do a lot of these hearing loss cases which are bullshit they suck and sometimes you don't even get any money on them even if the guy does get paid right uh and you're not getting much money off of them anyway because they know they're penny ante bullshit uh but i bill 225 an hour bill builds uh bill bills 300 an hour you know, which is pretty much the top rate. But if you like, say you're in New York, those guys probably get the bill four hundred an hour. Okay. You know, because it's set by the market in which you are. I mean, Got it. New York, they might even bill more than that, but they're not gonna. It's not gonna be the same bill as like what uh, an actual New York attorney would bill a corporation. You know, like I'm sure an actual New York attorney right now is probably able to bill seven eight hundred dollars an hour. You know. And the mediation's court ordered. Is it it's pre-trial? Yeah. Intervention kind of you deal? You get to ask. You, you can request it, you know? Yeah. Like, you, you request, like, getting a uh, a mediation, and and you kind of want to get this one judge to do it for you because he's pretty good at it. You know, he, go, he comes into your room telling you why your case sucks, and he goes back to their room with what your offer is, telling them why their case sucks, 
<laughs> it just goes back and forth till you, till you get where you all figured you were going to get before the day started anyway. Right. Do you get to pick the judge? Do you get to pick the mediator? Well, yeah, that's that's what it is. There's a, yeah. I think there's a, I mean, as far as I know, there's only two of them I know that do mediations. The other ones might do them, but maybe people don't ask them. I don't know. Yeah. You know, but these judges, they have a couple of judges that don't mind doing them. And the guy we had the other day was definitely, like I'm saying, he's one of those ones you want to do it because you, like, a, I think he, like they said, he is like a 95% success rate, which means if you're, a, you know, if you're a claimant, you kind of want that, you know, because you always want to hedge again. It, unless you got a case, you know, unless you have a, a guy that's so damn good or whatever, you know? Yeah. And the other side wants to limit their exposure too. Sure. You know, because if it goes to trial, because then you also negotiate your fees with them too, you know, it goes to trial. Our fees could end up being double of what they are now, you know? Right. That's the real pain in the ass trying to make that transition. When you're a plaintiff's attorney, which is based on like the contingency thing, but they're like, oh, well, you're working on Longshore. You better keep your hours, you know? Because when you do plaintiff's work, you don't need to keep your fucking hours. You're doing plaintiff's work. Right, right. <laughs> you know? It's not like working at one of these defense firms where everything you do, oh, got to, you know, you spend friggin' half your day clocking your time, you know? Right. But uh, but that was done. I still got a lot more shit to do this week, which sucks, but, but that was a big... Uh, that was a heavy burden off my shoulders because it means I'm not going to have to be killing myself preparing for that trial, you know, because the um, exhibits and everything would have been due next week, 20 days before the hearing, you know? Nice. Well, see, mediation works, man. Yep. Yep. That's, that's what we say in the trade. Mediation works. Yeah. Um, did you tell them you know me? Yeah. <laughs> Because that would have probably helped. Yeah, it probably would have helped. Were you going to try to uh, change jurisdiction? Yeah. I was like, let's to take New Jersey? To, the, uh, to the Jersey uh, Longshore Court. <laughs> uh, oh, that'd be great. You fly everybody up. <laughs> we meet here in my parents' house because nobody else has a conference room. <laughs> We're all saddled around the workbench in the garage. <laughs> That'd be great, man. Uh, breaks happen. We go into the kitchen. You know, my mom will entertain the, uh, you know, the the litigants who are out of the room at that point for caucus. Yeah. It'll be good times. Um, well, would you do anything fun leading up to that? Uh, I went to the Greek festival on Sunday. So that was... Okay. That's a... Uh, well, for 42 years now, that's been a New Orleans Memorial Day weekend tradition, the Greek festival. Okay. Which I always love because it's a it's held at the Hellenic Cultural Center, the uh, the home of the Greek Orthodox Church here um, on the bayou. And, you know, there's all kinds. Of, I mean, I guess you could go find Greek restaurants, but they have all these pastries. But it's made by the old Greek women there. You know, they actually make the pastries for this primarily, you know? Right. But they also have the roasted lamb, baklava sundaes, all kinds of 
awesome Greek food, you know? Yeah. And uh, Rob Ryan was out there again this year. He loves <laughs> the Greek fest. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see him on Sunday, but he was there that day because we ran into uh, – I was with my sister and my niece, and we ran into uh, my brother-in-law's, like, friend from work or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I just passed Rob Ryan as I was coming in. He was walking out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was wondering if he was going to be here. Because last year was a big deal when he was there. He was doing the round dance, you know, the dance the Greeks do where they all dance in a circle. And break the plates. Well, they don't break the plates for this, you know. They're just but like, that's the you dance, know, they right? hands and they're all dancing in yes, a yes, yes, circle. Yeah. And he was out. Yes. There were pictures on Didspin of him last year at it, you know, dancing <laughs> in the circle, you know. Where um where is it like at a parade ground or do they no, have like a the Greek... Hellenic Cultural Center is on Bayou St John, um, like in the I guess I guess they call that neighborhood that's next to Lake Vista or something like that, not far from uh from City Park and all that. I mean I assume you're map questing. <laughs> I am Robert E Lee and St Bernard Avenue. The, that intersection, that's along the bayou, and that's where the Greek, uh, that's where the uh, Hellenic Cultural Center is. Which actually, you know, the uh, that's that's a newer church, but that congregation, that's the oldest Greek Orthodox congregation in the New World. Oddly enough. Wait, it's the newest congregation? The oldest congregation in the New World. Because... You don't think of New Orleans as a Greek town, and it's not like super Greek. Like if you go, there's probably a thousand times more Greeks in New York and places like that. But Greeks are big in the shipping, you know. They're they work on boats and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Like uh, uh, Aristotle and Assis. Yeah, yeah. So hundreds of years ago. Greeks came down here, you know, and the first Greek Orthodox church in the United States was opened in New Orleans. How do you like that? Yeah, it was that it's the same congregation, you know. All right, I'm feeling you. I can I see where it is. Yeah, it's it's nice cuz it's right along the bayou. Gets a nice little breeze. A lot of people ride up on canoes and stuff, you know. I don't cuz I don't have a canoe. Right. Um, you got to pay five, bu- well, seven bucks now. But on Sundays, and I've never taken advantage of this, but every Sunday of the thing, you wear a a toga and you get in for free. Oh, no way. Yeah, it goes Friday to Sunday, but Sunday's always toga Sunday. I was like, you know, one year I'm going to have to take advantage of the toga thing. <laughs> Wait, now, I just got totally confused. Um, with the bayou. What? So what's the definition of a bayou? Bayou, it's a slow-moving body of water. But, uh, but a bayou, it's an actual body of water. Bayou, that's Bayou St. John. Okay. If you want to Google that, you can read more about it. Bayou yeah, St. Yeah. John eventually, I think it, link, you know, it links the, uh, the lake... And the bayou, you know, that was like the oldest, like like when the friggin' the Native Americans used to 
used to go from there. You know, the bayou would link to like the eventually down, uh, you know, it was a big trading route, you know? So when, when you're from Louisiana, but are there, are there people who are from the bayou? You mean like born on the bayou? Yeah, like <laughs> that's my only exposure to it. <laughs> who who is uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival speaking of when they? Are, I, mean, I think uh, they're just talking. You know, I think that I think they're probably talking about people in the swamps. <laughs> all right. Yes. All right. I don't know what some guy from Northern California was thinking about when he wrote those songs. <laughs> But I mean, if you live along Bayou St. John, you're doing all right, though. Yeah, it's yeah. nice along the Bayou. Metairie Road, which is the road I grew up on, there used to be a Bayou Metairie actually, but like in the '50s, I think they filled in Bayou Metairie. Okay. You know, because I mean, it's just kind of like a small little body of water. Yeah. You know? Okay. See, I would have pictured, uh, you know, if if two guys met on the street. Right. Yeah. You you're out walking your dog or or whatnot, or you're at a LSU game, and you met a guy, and he said, "Where are you from?" And you say, "Metairie or uptown, wherever you identify as 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 our hometown versus <laughs> native native versus hometown discussion." Uh, and then he goes, "Well, I'm from the Bayou," and then you're like, "Oh, no way." I got a good friend from the Bayou. <laughs> the Bayou, what and you're like, who's your, who's your, who's your friend? <laughs> and you're like, uh, Chappie McCarter. And you're like, I know Chappie. We were born on the Bayou together. You know, <laughs> that's what I would have assumed. And I assumed that that was down by like, um, um, like, like Port Sulphur Empire. Port uh, Empire, Empire. That's where. It- that's where you do all the, uh, that's where you do all the fishing. Like, uh, that's where the the marinas are, where you leave to go oyster fish and shrimping. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. That's how that's the people in the bayou make a living. My job was gone down there. Well, yeah, they have bayous down there, and uh, no, 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 no. That's how people from the bayou. Make yeah, their I, living. yeah. You're thinking some bucolic imagination of what they mean by the bayou. Oddly enough, I think Houston calls itself the Bayou City. Okay. All right. Yeah. How do you like that? You learn something new. Yeah. It always pays to whip out Google Maps. Yep. Always pays. All right. I can see why Houston calls itself the Bayou City. (laughs) Houston's friggin' one big bayou this week. Saw that? Um, yeah, what's going on? Torrential downpours? Yeah, it's been getting Houston, Austin, they've been getting nailed, man. A couple weeks ago I had called, maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, uh, I'd called to inquire about, um, <laughs> ironically enough, ponchos. Okay. We're having a, an ALS event, um, and the forecast called for rain. So I had to inquire about some wholesale... Um, emergency ponchos that we could buy uh, in bulk and then just keep at the site and hand them out if we needed to. So I called this company in Texas, um, and without a hint of irony, 
she was explaining to me how how they were in Austin. Yeah, how bad the yeah. the weather was. But I didn't realize it was kind of an ongoing thing. Yeah, and I think they're expecting more, man. Which really sucks, you know. But, Do they uh, have drought problems? So everything's just kind of running off. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know if they had drought problems because they should get a decent amount of rain in Houston. Yeah. Because okay. Houston's kind of similar in climate to New Orleans, you know. Right. I mean, it's not that far away from the Gulf, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that stuff came through here the other night, and there was, um, you know, in Kenner Town right next to us, they, a tornado went through there, you know, that same system. We just didn't get as – luckily, it dissipated a bit, a bit, but it but it rained all in the middle of the night, you know? Right. You know, we just – I don't know. It, it might – I don't know if it was a case of, the, of them just not getting that much rain in a while or what. But the problem is when you get so much rain – it's within a certain amount of hours, no matter what, that the flash flooding takes place, you know? If it falls down too rapidly, you know? Right, because nothing can absorb. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's just what happened, because it was just way too much. It was just way too much at once, you know? Right. Stuff was just stalled over, you know? Um, there was a bad flood like that here 20 years ago, because I know they were commemorating it. But I missed it, fortunately, because I think it was the... It's called the May 9th flood, May 9th, 1985. Fortunately, I was still in Syracuse on May uh-huh. 9th, 1995. Yes, you were. So I missed the May 9th flood because <laughs> I was heading home just a couple of days later. Um, so, uh, so hopefully, you know, uh, I saw a decent amount of people, 12 people so far died. As of last night from that. So that sucks. Because it yeah, just you kills know, you the idea of people still die from floods, you know. Well, exactly. Weather-related ev- uh, events, weather-related deaths are, they just seem like they're counterintuitive, you know, because yeah. it's just weather. Yeah, you think, oh, well, and they had, where was it, a vacation home somewhere, I think near Austin, where there was 12 people in a house that got swept away. Did you see that? Uh, no, I haven't followed any of the stories other than maybe like on Yahoo. Oh, okay. I saw, you know, something that they were getting battered. That's about as close as I've got to really oh, okay. comprehending the, the scope yeah. of the damage. Okay, yeah, there was like some house that had 12, these houses were literally getting, you know, wish, like just ripped off the foundation, you know? Uh, do that? Do, do that. Does that part of Texas escape uh, like tornadoes and stuff? Are, are are they mostly north? Right? Tornadoes kind of run across like Oklahoma. I, I mean, I don't Kansas. know because we get a fair amount of tornadoes down here. I mean, we, do? we're not in Tornado Alley by right? any means, but we get tornadoes, so I'm sure they get them as well. I mean, like usually it's more in the outlying areas, but they come in like like. Like in Kenner, which is right next to Metairie, there was a tornado the other day, you know, and I think they just had one a couple of weeks ago before that, you know, but it's not, but, but yeah, we're not getting like the thing in Oklahoma city too often. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. 
Everything I know about tornadoes is based on Friday Night Lights, the TV show, not the movie. Yeah. And I know that they were based somewhere around. Say about Friday Night Lights, it'd be like the movie, not the TV show. Because <laughs> I'm vice versa on that. I've seen the movie, but not the T. Probably see one episode of the TV show. Oh man, I'm a sucker for Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton. What can I say? Were you a big fan of Early Edition? Um. No, but I was a big fan of um, Spin City. Was Kyle Chandler on that? No, Connie Britton was. You watched Nashville? No, I didn't watch Nashville. Um, but I am watching a show right now on Netflix called Bloodline, which Kyle Chandler is in. Oh, okay. I like how whenever you ask about one actor, <laughs> the other actors work. No, I'm not watching Nashville, but I am watching Kyle Chandler's show. (laughs) Good sakes, good sakes. (laughs) Good stuff. Yeah, well, um, I did not have as rough of a Memorial Day proper as you did, but it was rough enough because it was the swan song of my visit up to Syracuse. The dreaded drive home. Yeah, okay. Explain why you were going to Syracuse again. So, we didn't talk about this? We, I'm sure we did, but it's been two weeks since we, you yeah. know. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, yeah, I think you probably mentioned it. I'm sorry. That's okay. It, no, and I might not have. It might have been an impromptu uh, trip that I kind of decided at the last minute. Um, but I couldn't remember when we when we did our last uh we had our last chat but either way um a bunch of years ago so guy got married um i want to say may-ish what? of 2007 yeah it was 2007 he got he got married because i couldn't go to the wedding because i was in europe so it was may or june yeah it was Some, june because i remember so- in the, because I told him I was like going, I'm going to be in Budapest, and he 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 said something snarky back to me like about that. Just like, what kind of excuse is that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be in Budapest. <laughs> uh, so that prior to that uh, to the wedding, um, I had gone up Memorial Day to do uh, pre-wedding activities. Okay. Wedding party activities, and. I don't know if Ange came with me or not, but uh, I had gone up. And then from that point on, it became like a little bit of a mini tradition because Jersey's, um, you know, kind of a hotbed. Yeah, I'm sure it's overrun Memorial Day weekend. The first, and it, the kickoff of summer, right? Exactly. So everybody from the city comes in, um, all the locals you know, start to show up again, and it just, it's its a madhouse. So I had taken it upon myself to kind of leave town on the key weekends um, growing up, Memorial Day, Labor Day, and the 4th of July. <clears throat> so I kind growing of revisited. Up? What do you yeah, mean we growing w- up? You mean as a like, kid? As a kid. Okay, yeah. your parents would always leave. Our parents, right. And I yeah. took it upon myself to, to keep up that. Keep the tradition up of getting the hell out of up. Dodge. when. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So um, 
I would I started going up a couple years ago and kept doing it. And then uh, when I got married, Ange and I would go up and visit Guy and Heather. And then um, last couple years, it's fallen off for a bunch of different reasons. But uh, this year, I just needed, um, you know, I need a little, I need a little trip. I need a little road trip. Yeah, I need to blow off a little steam. I took that trip to Syracuse. La- I mean, um, uh, Curacao. Yeah, for Mike's wedding. But yeah, yeah, for the wedding. When was that? It was, that was like last fall. August. Damn, that was August. That seems damn. Yeah. Doesn't seem like it was that long ago, man. But it's hard to believe no, no. August was nine months ago. He'll be married. Yeah, at the end of the summer, he'll be married for a year. But um, that was a lot of activity. That was a lot of money. I couldn't afford it. A lot of stress involved. Yeah, in that not trip. chilling. Right. So I wanted to kind of get, you know, blow off a little steam, but also not have the, you know, not have a high maintenance trip somewhere. And it's always a good trip. I can get up there in less than five hours, which is quicker than Boston. Um, You know, there's not a ton of traffic. It's just a long, boring ride. And um, Guy and his brother are super accommodating. Yeah. You know, they Roscoe. don't. Roscoe, they don't need much. They don't get a lot of visitors, so they look forward to somebody coming up. So, um, went up on Friday. Got up there, you know, probably eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Yeah. Total waste of a Friday. <laughs> and that's didn't the eat problem when you want to go somewhere. You kind of want to get in there a little earlier now, because you get in there too late, it's a it's a wasted day. It really is. It really yeah. is, and and um, guy was working at Roscoe, and I went up, and uh, guy's girlfriend uh, was in town, so we the three of us went out, went to go uh, have a couple of drinks at Fagan's, and and then that was it. Next thing you know, it's two o'clock, and it's time to go home. What happened in between? I have no idea. <laughs> then after that, we got up. Um, Got up Saturday morning. Roscoe and I went to breakfast, had a couple of mimosas, uh, picked up Guy, went downtown, went to a couple of the places in Armory Square, sat around. Next thing you know, it's, it's 5 Saturday? o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Next thing you know, it's 5 o'clock. And we're like, well. Wait, Guy was up there this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, He's still in town. Okay. He's still in town. He hasn't moved officially? No. His girlfriend has moved and she's back where she's working and and looking for a place to live and and that kind of stuff and he's um you know working he worked through graduation uh i guess he's kind of given um john and jerry dellis a you know a couple months to to get their affairs in order before he takes off because he's not in, a, in order he's not in a super hurry he's gonna go whack him or something <laughs> <laughs> so he's just kind of tying up loose ends, I guess. And um, Roscoe is is there. Uh, he's getting out of town as well. So this was kind of like Roscoe? the last. Roscoe is um, he's got a couple places that he's choosing between, but he thinks he's going to end up in D.C. Uh, what's he doing now? He's working for so funny he had uh i hadn't talked to either one of them in they came to visit me fourth of july 
2013. So two years ago this this summer. Okay. And a uh, guy came with his girl, and they had just started kind of dating-ish, and Roscoe blew off a family affair with his girlfriend to come down and visit. And... Um, that was the last time I'd seen him. I hadn't talked to him in a while. I talked to him last week to make some plans, and I had assumed that he was still working at the bar. Yeah. You know, I kind of assumed he wasn't dating his girl anymore because he had sent a couple texts over the last couple months that were just kind of indicative of a guy who doesn't have a girlfriend anymore. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, you got a place for me in Asbury. Are there any jobs in Asbury? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's not a guy who's got, uh, you know, who's not tied down by the old ball and chain. But um, I guess his girlfriend, who is from Syracuse, went to Syracuse. Uh, I think she transferred back in and then got her master's uh, MBA maybe somewhere in Either Syracuse or Lemoyne. I don't remember which, but uh, she had kind of given him the old um, grown men don't work at bars pep talk. Yeah. And kind of forced his hand and made him quit the bar and um, get a quote unquote real job. I I know we've probably talked about this before, but it kills me. Because I was there when Roscoe, well, when Mike Vincent showed up as a freshman right. at Syracuse and at Fagan's, and he was supposed to be the anti-guy. He was like <laughs> the golden child. He was going to major in engineering. You know, he was driven. He was, you know. <laughs> and then I went back a few years later, and he basically had become young guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he went out to California for a while. Yeah, he lived in L.A. for a bit, right? Yeah, he worked in This was before he moved to L.A., you know, when oh, I went okay. back, and he had already made the transformation, you know? this I'm gotcha. talking like 2002 when I passed through there. All yeah, because right. was... he was still a student at Syracuse. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he might have been, he might have, or he was supposed to be graduating that year, because he would have been a freshman 98, 99, you know, and this was summer 2002, you know, and he had a cool nickname. He was a total like barfly type of guy. <laughs> right. right. He had Pro- made the transformation. <laughs> he was a, probably a barback bartender at that point. <laughs> yep. It's funny because it was like when he came there, you know, he was just like, he was the studious. <laughs> he was going to be the guy who's going to study engineering. He was going to become an engineer and he wasn't going to be full of all this bar shit, he was going to be on top of the world. <laughs> oh, man. God love Roscoe. I, I, I want to say he came back from California maybe 2008, maybe a year after guys got married. Yeah. What was he doing out in California? He, um, I guess that's where, when I graduated and probably the folks between you and I graduated... Uh, they all flocked to New York. Yeah. But the next generation, and I mean, Roscoe's, Roscoe's 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess technically that's the next generation of, of students, right? 
to yeah, full I mean, class. He's younger than me. He's the same class as my sister Mari. Okay, so that's a that's a that's a that's a full academic generation. Yeah. They all flocked out to California. Okay. Got job in television, PR, whatever, and uh, he was working for a production company. His uh, he's got some pretty big shows. Yeah, I thought he was doing something like entertainment wise out there. You know what? Let me uh, we IMDb everybody else in the world. Let's see if uh, I thought Shravinsky might have been involved somehow. Who's that? Shravinsky. Who's that? Mark Travinsky, he was a bartender up there. You know, he was a local from Syracuse. Pete Schutte was good buddies with him, and he moved the he moved out to California to be a movie maker or something. Okay, he's a buddy of Schutte's. That's how I would know him. Yeah. Um, Michael Vincent does not appear. On IMDb? To have an IMDb. What about Roscoe Vincent? <laughs> yeah, I uh, thought that he was doing something out like that, but then he but then he came back to Syracuse from there, or was there something in between? No, he came back from there. Okay. He came back from there. Uh, broke up with his girlfriend, and he kind of... Broke up with a California girlfriend? Nope. Broke up with a Syracuse girl by way of... Uh, Allentown or Harrisburg or one of those uh, nondescript blue-collar Pennsylvania towns. Yes. So uh, he was dating her. They moved out there together or or shortly after his um, landing, they kind of hooked up and moved in together. They were serious. They dated for a long time and then it just kind of blew up. And then um, he came back to kind of get his feet under him again, worked at the bar, started to go to grad school, you know, typical kind of homecoming kind of deal. And then um, he hooked up with this chick and dated for a while and they got real serious and they moved in together and she gave him the big boys don't work at bars ultimatum. So uh, he quit. And quote unquote got a real job, hmm. but he started working for Niagara Mohawk. Okay. But he was just doing like customer service. Oh, but it and was just a nine to five gig, basically. It, except about a month and a half or two months into his tenure, which was about a month or a month and a half into them living together, he got switched to the uh, 11 to 8 shift. Oh, gee. 11 at night? 11 at night to... uh, The graveyard shift. The graveyard shift. So they didn't see each other. And and I I mean, we didn't really talk about it because he he appeared to be kind of finally getting over whatever it was, you know, that he was getting over. But I I have a feeling it was kind of like, you know, he kind of resented making this move, working this, you know, shitty job and a shitty... For a shitty company making shitty money... Um, because his girlfriend, you know, his girlfriend wanted him to be around more and he took the job and didn't work out and he probably caught shit for not being around. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Even though he was doing what she wanted him to do. Now he's catching shit for it. Right. Even though it's not of his making after that, you know? 
And again, that's all conjecture in cases, you know, his yeah. ex-girlfriend's a, a, a huge Too Sorry Excuses fan. But deep down, that doesn't matter. That's Wait, what, that, he broke up with that girl now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're done. Okay, okay. They're done. And, and Wait, but who's he moving to Washington? What's, what's going on okay. in Washington, D.C.? Okay. So he that. got hooked up with this startup company. Um, and he was just kind of doing like field work for him in Syracuse. They were running a bunch of promotions or something around the university. And he knows a guy who was um, like an early investor in this company. Okay. And he's like, hey, Roscoe, we're coming to Syracuse. And um, we don't have anybody to work this event. Would you do it for us? And he's like, yep. And then like on the post game or the recap or the debrief or whatever – they were like, "Wow, you um, you actually know what you're talking about. Would you, you know, would you want to do some more field work for us or whatever?" And yeah. then that kind of spiraled into um, him getting in on the ground floor of this. Essentially, it's an adver- mobile advertising company or something. And um, so he got hired full time, but it's a work remotely company. And a couple of the guys are based in New York. A couple of the guys are based in D.C. And he's got a pretty good, um, like a pretty good network down in D.C. I guess. I guess he's got a couple cousins and a couple old roommates who are yeah. down there. So he's like, if there's I'm always a just... good number of cute people in D.C. too. Yeah, and he's like, if I'm gonna wing it, I'm gonna wing it in D.C. where it's a little less expensive than, you know, having to live in. Yeah, I don't um, know how much New less York. expensive it is anymore, man. Not from what I know of people that live in D.C. Yeah, my sister's down there, and it's still, you know, it's still a major metropolitan area. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know a few people that live in actual DC itself, and you know, it's, you know, it's hell. They had that flyover TV show, and was it just a couple of years ago? DC went less than there's less than fifty percent black people in DC for the first time since they've been recording that stuff, because so many white people are moving in. You know? Yeah. It's becoming really expensive. All these yuppies and kids are moving in, you know? Yeah, I mean even the even the uh even the suburbs, the northern Virginia, yeah. Arlington area. My sister's down there, super expensive, but Yeah, I mean uh, what's the bogus thing about DC is it's like the D C metro area and all that, it's the highest uh if it's not the highest, it's the second highest per capita income in the country. Yeah, and you know why it's bogus is because most of those people are making their money off of tax. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the wealth is all based on. It's all based on government money, you know. <laughs> yeah, government jobs, contracts. Yeah, jobs. how ridiculous is that? And that's been booming industry. Like this has all happened in the last like twenty five years, where where you've been able to get really rich off of off of having businesses that are basically propped up by government grants you know right <laughs> it's um, crazy it used to not be that way when i was down there laughlin and i had a had a a one-bedroom garden apartment so it was like um, y'all in arlington yeah okay but right over the bridge yeah so we could walk home from georgetown okay it was a one-bedroom garden apartment so that uh, it was like four units in a brick building. Yeah. So you had one one door, two people downstairs, two people upstairs. Each unit had a pretty decent-sized living room, bedroom, and then a decent-sized kitchen. I think that was 1100 
Yeah. I mean, what can it be now? Yeah, I'm sure it's friggin' 2,000 now. Yeah, I was going to say 1,800, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be... I mean, these guys tell me, like, guy I went to law school with, you know, he he lives there with his wife, and, you know, that's his wedding I was up in that area for last year. And he was down here just a couple of months ago and talking about that. He's like, no, it's, you know, it's it's not like what you think of when you think of the way D.C. used to be anymore. You know, it's... right. Uh, I mean, I was only there for a couple hours when I was up there last year. Went into a bar, met up with some friends in D.C. to go watch um, the USA soccer game. I think they were playing Germany that day. You know, and, um, you know, I mean, that was a neighborhood that was totally one of these types of neighborhoods that probably 15 years ago wouldn't have been full of yuppies, you know, and, (laughs) you know. Right, and that's what he's telling me everywhere. You know that everybody is—it's just ridiculous how expensive it is now. You know, it's—it's it's like what's gone down here. But I mean, I guess even there, it sounds more so like, uh, you know, like the Brooklynification of DC. Right. Yeah, when I was down there, there were definitely uh, there were definitely parts that were not gentrified. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure when you were I mean, you were down there 15 years ago? Yeah, 15 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure like it was 15 years ago there were probably loads of places in the city you wouldn't walk through that today are, you know, nice gentrified neighborhoods, you know? Absolutely. I mean, we when my buddy was he was dropping me off to go meet my some friends down there when we were doing that. And he was like, see this? It just hasn't reached this yet, but it's coming, you know? And it was like old, like, brownstone, like, apartment buildings, and they were all junky. But then you saw these young 20-something-year-old white kids walking there. He's like, yeah, you wouldn't have seen that a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and these guys are, these are, you know, they have money, but they're people that are raised in D.C., you know? These are... These are guys who are from there, so they've seen it all, you know. Oh, that was your trip with the crab cakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah these yeah. guys, these guys are from DC, you know. Okay. So like, they look at it they're like, yeah, it it blows me away, you know. You know, how you get a different perspective when you've been somewhere. It's the way I see stuff in New Orleans, you know. Right. It right. blows you away because you knew what that stuff was before all these other people showed up. And to them now, it's just this nice quaint area. It's like, no, this was a shithole. You know? Yeah, yeah. This is right. the type of place none of us were going to go hang out down by. <laughs> yeah. That's the same as Asbury Park. Not only would I not have come here eight years ago, yeah. I definitely wouldn't have paid for parking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you see people that come and they don't think anything of it, you know? No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I pay outrageous rates to park. And even more outrageous rates to have a cocktail, you know, on the same place that was a burnt out um, arcade, you know, pinball, yeah. pinball hall a bunch of eight, ten years ago. So, yeah, that kills me. Um, well, I'm yeah, glad so, to hear Roscoe is, uh, I'm glad to hear he's doing all right, man. He sounds like he's, like he's got a plan. He, he does have a plan. As a matter of fact, he was, um active in 2011 uh, was the last project he worked on because i remember this during a conversation and i just looked it up while we were chatting he was a production assistant on horrible bosses oh okay and i think that was his 
big um, that that's his that's his big credit. All right. He had worked his way up from like whatever, you know, assistant coffee fetcher to um, the production assistant, and then I think he came back home. So probably like 2012. All right. Cool. So that's what he's up to, and um, we spent the the day downtown. Um, hanging out at Armory Square places. Hang, yeah, hanging out at Armory Square. Uh, then, um, I'm sure they have new places, but places like the Blue Tusk and, and Clark Blue Tusk is, and whatnot. Blue Tusk is still there. Um, we sat outside of Suds Factory okay, for a while. Um, Dorsey's is not Dorsey's anymore. It's called something else. Um, I think Clark's is still there, but we didn't. Clark's had up. good roast beef sandwiches. Yeah, Clark's had good roast beef sandwiches. Uh, but we hit the granddaddy of them all for dinner. Uh, dinosaur barbecue. Nice. nice. And that was that was thanks to to uh, to Lexi, uh, guy's girlfriend, because uh, we were like, hey, let's just go home, maybe we'll order a pizza or something. Not really even thinking. And at that point, you're you're I, there for a th- for a short weekend, and you're like, let's go home and get pizza. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't my idea. But at certain points of a long outing yeah you you start to contemplate variables and one of the variables is always as you know how are you gonna get home what are we gonna do with yes. the car so um we were kind of kind of cut our losses and, and get home but then she was like let's go hit dinosaur and dinosaur ended up being probably a three-hour affair which was good enough to just kind of like relax off the night. Yeah. And uh, I think, yeah, we ended up, we came home, put on a hockey game by like 10 o'clock and we kind of had fizzled out. And then, I mean, that's, that's a hard day, man. Yeah, 10 to 10. It basically ran 10 to 10. Yeah. Uh, went to, you know, we went to breakfast, which I don't know if it was necessarily um, on anybody's radar, uh, but Stella's. Stella's? Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a diner off of 690. Okay. I, I, I want to say it's back. I always felt like Little Jim was like in an industrial park kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, I only remember being a Little Jim in the middle of the night, but it always seemed like it was in the middle. <laughs> you never get a real sense of what a place looks like when you only go there at night. Right, right. <laughs> but I know I what you're like talking about. Docs was I, awesome, though, man. Um. Little Jim, that sucks. Yeah. That oh, Doc's Little Jim, right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Um, yeah, well, that was the um, that was the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The Oedipus? No, not Oedipus. The it's not the catalyst. It was the the genesis of the infamous story um, that. Involves my brothers and our visit to Syracuse. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, as I'm leaving the house um, on Friday, I kind of say goodbye to everybody. Um, my mom yells as I walk out the door. Don't forget! Don't forget to call shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> so first thing I see, Michael Vincent. He says, "Hey man, you know I know we tell this story all the time, but." Um, remember that time when your brother puked all over his pants? 
So we get a good kick out of that. And then Sorry, um, all over his pants. And we ended up not going to Little Gem, but we went to Stella's, which is right around the corner. Well, Little Gem's not an option anymore. So No, no, it's back. It is? It is. Oh, well, that's good, because that was yeah. a friggin' real kick in the nuts when they got rid of that place. I'm pretty sure he mentioned that while we were kind of navigating that area. So that's that's how our sat. That's how our. And then what did you do on Sunday? Yeah, that's how our Saturday started. We mimosas at Stella's and it ended while uh, watching a hockey game. And then um, Sunday, we got up. Oh, we went to Empire for uh, for Blues brunch. Okay. Guy loves this band. I forget what they're called. Los Lonely Boys or something? No, no, no. <laughs> Los Blancos. Los Blancos. Yes, because they used to cut. They used to do the Tuesday night thing at Fagans. Where there, I was. He loves those guys. Those guys got to be like sixty now. Uh, they're pretty old, yeah. Because they're they were old. old when I remember they they had like they were like older dudes when we were there. They played his wedding. Did they? they? Were his wedding okay. Band. Yeah. yeah, he used yeah. to love those guys. Well, obviously, he still loves those guys. Oh yeah, yeah. When we pulled up, they were unloading. He's like, "Hey, the boys are unloading. Let me out." And he helped them carry their gear in and stuff. So he's like, you know, good buddies with them. Yeah. And uh, so we had breakfast uh, at the bar, had a couple of Bloody Marys, then sat outside at Limerick, uh, which is right across the street from Tusk. Played some darts, and then made the call to um to get home which was a smart move because yeah. we wouldn't you know would i pick up cars later the next day or who knows who would have tried to drive and it was just a disaster so um i threw up <clears throat> now in all fairness on on saturday i threw up the flag about four o'clock in the afternoon and was like you know i can go home and guy always is looking for a reason to get home. So he kind of latched on to to my call to get out of there, but like two more drinks happened, and then all of a sudden we were a dinosaur. So Sunday when we called uh, It Quits downtown, he was all for it as well by like two-ish. So we were back home by two, uh, picked up some, some chicken wings to grill out, and... Um, he was asleep by six on Sunday. On Sunday, Damn. which, in reality, was the call because um, Roscoe and and Lexi and I made the mistake of riding bikes from Buckingham to Westcott to go see one of Roscoe's, uh, uh chick friends who just graduated law school so it was a bunch of post-grad law school students yeah before they started to study for the bar so they're like in no man's land and i don't remember being or surrounding myself with people who are as annoying as some of these law school people but maybe i was just I had a different Blind. perspective, you know? Yeah. Maybe all, come to think of it, maybe all recent law school grads are annoying. I think they are. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, you just don't see it because you're amongst it at the time. Yeah, but even amongst, at the time, I think I 
saw it, you know, because they annoyed the hell out of me. But they're way more annoying the further I get out, you know. You know, I took off really quickly. I wasn't around them third year because I was up in Boston. And then I came back for graduation and then I was out of town. So that's why I didn't see anybody. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe they just all exist in that form regardless of the era. But, um, you know, they were kind of, you know, chatty about what their plans were. And it was kind of interesting to hear what, you know, each of them wanted to do. But Well, they all have such huge plans at that point. Grandiose ideas. Yes, 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 yes. And then all these ones who are all these gunners, you know, and they think they're great because they're going to go work in these big firms. And they go to these big firms and they realize, yeah, this is what you do. You friggin' sit here and write shit for old partners. <laughs> you know, you do all their shit work. I mean, that's what happens at those big firms, you know. But the thing that amazed me about uh, about this this little crew, and it was about half girls, half guys, was that I couldn't have differentiated them between them and a recent college grad. Yeah, because I think every young twenty something now speaks in the cadence of like i guess in the 80s it would have been valley girl yeah but now it's like kardashian well they had an snl a couple weeks ago and scarlett johansson hosted yeah where they're like there's guys doing the museum presentation you know the docent or whatever and scarlett johansson some other girl amongst the crew and they're just like random you know like <laughs> you know that's this thing that all these friggin broads say random about shit that's not random right it's right, just like right. the literally thing you know yep and they just keep back here. and that's what i think you're talking about <laughs> that's exactly what i'm talking about that's random exactly that is so random <laughs> the other thing they do is is uh oh my god that is so funny. Yeah, yeah, they love that hesitate thing. But 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 when it's funny you should laugh. Yeah. Not identify it OMG. As... Right, right, right. So that annoyed me a little bit. Yeah. Maybe I had my expectations too high. Maybe I was you know, I was going to meet I don't want to say intellectuals, but like you know, people that I could at least share a common experience with i haven't talked to new people in a real fucking long time (laughs) (laughs) apparently my parents don't throw a lot of mixers so it's real hard real hard for me to strike up conversation in a cocktail hour setting but i was excited for it roscoe was excited for it he's like man you're gonna love this chick she's so awesome you know she's really cool he's like plus her sister was up for graduation for law school graduation last week and i ended up fooling around with her little sister and so like you know i got a lot of unfinished business going on here so i was like all right you go roscoe i'll be your wingman (laughs) and i got there and the first thing they didn't have was vodka that's already throws me into just a tizzy like all right why am i here like why are you wasting your time next thing they didn't have ice what? Wait, wait, where was this party at? Off of Westcott. This was on was Sunday it, night? It was a house on Sunday night, yeah. 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 Now, in all fairness, I, it was more of a... 
A gathering. Intimate gathering than a party. In all, but like they, in all unfairness, where's the ice at least? <laughs> right. So um, they they found some, some Mr. Barton's vodka um, <laughs> in the bottom of a closet or something. Which you like, the cheap stuff. Which I... Which I love, yeah. <laughs> which is so funny because I said, no, listen, there's no shame in your game. I, I appreciate this. I kind of actually like it. Thank you. Yeah. But I'd like some fucking ice to chill it down because it has been in a closet for the last three months. So they, um, I don't know, they pussyfoot around. They're like, oh, we're going to play some card games. And I was like, oh, you know what I hate more than no vodka and no ice? Card games. Card games. Yeah, I hate card games. I, I'm really not a big fan of sitting around playing games. No, miserable. You know how I feel about Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Just so happened, though, uh, that the game they played was easy to keep track of, and it was very um, low maintenance. A game called Kings. Yeah, okay, I know that game. Pretty easy. No, I didn't. There were no rules you had to keep track of, and it was a particularly social game. So I sat in on it, but it was me... Roscoe, Roscoe's friend, and then her roommate, and then some dude. Okay. And and I couldn't tell if the dude was gay or the dude was hitting on the other chick. And I know Roscoe was deeply enthralled in a conversation with his friend, primarily about his friend's sister, I guess. So basically, I, I rode my bike up a hill to Westcott to drink warm vodka and play card games basically by myself so there wasn't a store open near on near westcott to get ice all right so here's here's when here's how it starts to go down um roscoe and his friend quit the party um or quit the game and I'm like we're gonna go outside and have a cigarette and the chick who the roommate chick says hey Hey, why don't you tell those guys that while they are having a cigarette, they should walk around the corner uh, to Westcott. It's two, it's two blocks of it's it's one block off Westcott, two yeah. blocks from Euclid. Okay. So there's a there's a little corner store on Euclid and and Westcott, and not a far walk at all. And so I yell out the door, "Hey guys, Roscoe, do you mind going to get this thing? Uh, get some ice." And he's like, no problem. And then a few minutes later, uh, somebody else goes, hey, we could also use some Coke. And I said, okay. Hey, Roscoe, can you also get some Coke while you're there? And the chick goes, yeah, yeah, we're going. And I kind of got the sense they weren't going. (laughs) (laughs) So I go back into the other two people that I'd met, who at this point I had had formed at least a – casual conversation with and they kind of thought i was funny so i was i was doing all right and i said she said yeah yeah we're going and they're like no that means she's definitely not going and i was like shit i was like all right where's the store i'll go (laughs) so i walked i get a bag of ice i get a couple uh, bottles of coke for this kid and i pick myself up a 24-ounce PBR just for the hell of it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> I figured the vodka was going to be gone soon. Once the vodka was gone, the ice became moot. Then I could drink my 24 ounces of PBR, and I know that's my limit. And then I can go home. 
Yeah. So that's exactly how the rest of the night played out. I went, I walked, I got the ice, I came back, and those two people were so excited to see me. They're like, we didn't think you would come back. No one ever comes back when they say they're going out for ice. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the... uh the friggin' deadbeat dad who says he's gonna get a pack of smokes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I came back. I gave him the ice. I said, "Listen, I have a twenty-four ounce PBR. That's for me." And um, wherever the night takes us, that's it. Then they went off upstairs to bed. I don't know what they were doing. I would have guessed that the guy didn't um, play for that team. And. <laughs> couple other dudes came in and they were from buffalo so they were weird and it just they were got weird to, it got to be enough after a while and uh roscoe's friend was like hey you should call your buddy so-and-so uh he can give you a ride home and roscoe called his buddy so-and-so so-and-so showed up in like 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what he was doing or what he was waiting for but he was there like before her phone hung up. And maybe they'd met before, maybe in passing or something, but I could tell game was on. And I'm like, hey, Roscoe, let's, uh, what do you say we get out of here? There's nothing left for us here. And he's like, well, uh, you know, Skid can give us a ride home. And I was like, mm, why don't we leave him up to his own devices? He doesn't need to be taking us, you know, carting our asses around. So uh, we rode our bikes back home. And uh, called it a night, but by that point it was like midnight. Yeah, my night should my night should end at six mo- six hours earlier. You know, yeah, just like guys, just like guys. Um, which luckily for him, he did get to bed because I woke up the next morning and saw him, and he was no he was in no better shape than I was. Uh, the, his only benefit was that he didn't have to drive five hours home on Memorial Day. Yeah, that's the worst part about that. Oh, it's brutal having to get up and make that drive. Yeah. Yeah, it was brutal. So, um, could have been worse. I've had it been worse. Um, you know, I felt reasonably well. Came home, took a little nap. But I'm telling you, man, it's Wednesday night at ten o'clock, and I'm still recovering. Well, I mean, have you? Did you work the past two days? Uh, yeah, I I worked a half a day on Tuesday, and I worked a full day today. Okay. Yeah, that's what sucks. I never even had a real holiday. And if I didn't have that mediation, I would have just blown off Monday. Yeah. My boss didn't close the office. (laughs) He's incredible. I mean, you know the type of bullshit he pulls? (laughs) This is the bullshit he pulls. If it's a holiday, everybody knows and expects to be a holiday. Yeah. Like Fourth of July. It'll be, you know, he'll say, oh, we're not, you know, circulating. See, thing is, down here, not everybody thinks about Memorial Day as an actual holiday. Right. You know, because some people just don't think about it because we have all these other holidays, you know? Right. Uh, so he uh, just so won't true. say so anything true. about it, you know? <laughs> and if you don't come in, it's like, okay, well, you're not showing up because it's Memorial Day. But if you do, you're here. You know, just like right. came in. I'm a lawyer. I understand. I got stuff to do, you know? Right, right. You don't get to just take holidays when you got shit you need to get done, you know? Right. But, like, the receptionist was there. I was like, why is she here? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she's sitting there. I was like, 
was like, it's kind of crappy. You know, he makes these people come in. I mean, just because she's too stupid to know this is supposed to be a holiday. <laughs> you know, which is what it comes down to. Oh, that is really great. Yeah. But he doesn't know it's a holiday. But I guess if it's not, you know, if it's if it's not the start of something, I think that's why it's a big deal here because it kind of marks the start of summer. Yeah, I mean, they still say it's the unofficial start of summer here, but still, people just don't, you know, it's just it's memorial, but if you, were, you know? If you were doing something, like, I'm going to guess um, that the snow cone shops uh, I mean, are already open. Yeah, they've been open since March. Right. So down here, the Italian ice joints will open this weekend. Yeah. You know, a couple of them might be over. And for that's a couple the thing. Weeks, people, people do so much other stuff for other holidays. You know, that right. like Memorial Day, if you're off, a lot of times people are just literally just sitting around the house. You know, right, where it's everywhere right. else, everybody's doing barbecues and all this other stuff for Memorial Day, you know? Yeah, good point. Yeah, here it's like you get so many other damn holidays. You know? Well, you guys just, you just, you're coming off a run yeah. of, you know, of, of Mardi Gras and you know I mean so I mean, like the Greek fest ends on the Sunday night you know it's not it's not gone on a memorial day you know right but uh right but the funny thing I didn't know is because a lot most people are still off you know so when I drove into the office Monday morning no one was on the road you know but I saw a couple of things I kind of just want to go over this and get done with it because we've been on here for a long time and I'm getting hungry yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, one, they have the, uh, you know, my route, there's, you know, the number of panhandlers has exploded by uh, a thousandfold in the past five years. They're everywhere now, you know? Right. Uh, I guess you still call them panhandlers, even though they're all holding cardboard signs. <laughs> and, uh, there was a guy at one stop. At one corner that I always see, he's sitting there holding his cardboard sign, but talking on the cell phone. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not giving him money anyway, but I'm definitely not going to give him money if he's sitting there talking on the cell phone. So true. Yeah. But then I come up to an intersection, you know, which normally on a real, on a regular work day is a really busy intersection, you know, like. I'm usually there's multiple cars at that light, you know. Uh, it's Calliope and St. Charles, you know. People on St. Charles are heading downtown. Uh, a lot of people on Calliope are heading downtown. I'm just going past it because I'm heading on to Britannia to the Garden District to to my office. But I'm sitting there and I'm all by myself at the um, at the light, you know. No one's around. And I had my windows down because it was kind of a nicer day, you know. And, right. and there's a uh, this panhandler lady who I've seen out there every day. And she's out there. And I'm like, did the beggars ever take a holiday? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, if they're not taking a holiday today, when do they take it? You know? Right, right. <laughs> I was like, there's like one car passing here every five minutes right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, you know, they're kind of like my boss, you know. The panhandlers don't take holidays. They don't take off, man. They don't take off. 
No rest for the weary. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right, man. On that note. All right. Well, check out that link I sent you in the uh, in the messages down there. All right, I will. Unless you want to check it right now just for the fun of it. Uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> this is a real thing? Yeah, it randomly popped up and uh, I accidentally hit it. It was one of those banner ads. And I, was, and I just, and I closed it up. I was like, wait, it's a DeSantis. <laughs> DeSantis gun hide. <laughs> Pocket shot Smith West Smith and Wesson bodyguard holster. <laughs> oh, that is awesome! You can get that at your local academy sports, which you probably don't have because I think it's kind of a southern chain. Yeah, I've heard about it. I've heard about it. What is it? It's like you can fire it without taking it out of the holster. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, because it looks like you can. All right. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I guess you can hold it close to your vest, you know. Oh yeah, like your cards. Yeah, select handedness. Ooh. DeSantis makes holsters because see if you see the side, there's the DeSantis gun hide, the Nemesis pocket holster, DeSantis gun hide. You better, you should find out if you got a family connection to these DeSantis holster uh, air man. Get a piece uh, yeah. of that friggin'. I would hope so. At least I could get myself a free DeSantis gun hide cozy partner. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> the DeSantis gun hide cozy partner. <laughs> Inside waistband holder. Oh wait, no that I rule that out because I can't even tuck my shirt in because my pants are too tight. <laughs> if I got a if I got a holster, I'd want to get one of the ones like they always have in the cop shoes, the one that they wear inside the jacket. <laughs> Around their shoulders. Yeah. And then uh, a naked gun, he has it as a bra. <laughs> it's got a bra strap on it. Uh, all right. Well, that's a little fun with the DeSantis. That is fun with the DeSantis. DeSantis Holster uh, Corporation, whatever they do. Oh, good news, man. That kind of holster you're talking about is only nineteen ninety nine. Good. They're practically giving them away. And affordable. All right, with apologies to Kirk's brother. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, Fredo.